Take your seats, everybody. Open your Bibles tonight first to Revelation chapter 12. Try to move one direction or the other so it's not staring in the sun. Is it getting better? Is it not too bad anymore? Y'all okay? I don't want you to be blinded. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 tonight. Going to follow up a little bit on this morning's sermon talking about the devil, the evil one, and, and demons. Um, my aim this morning was to try to put that in a very biblical context. As I say, I think some people think way too much. They give the devil way too much power, the, more power than Scripture gives him. Other people don't seem to give him enough credit at all uh, and don't seem to acknowledge that, that truly he is an enemy that seeks to uh, steal, kill, and, and destroy. Uh, perhaps it's the church's fault. Maybe we haven't educated our people well. Uh, preachers, I'll, I'll take ownership of that. We perhaps haven't taught people how to think about evil, how, how to wage spiritual warfare. Uh, but it's very important that we recover that kind of language um, because of the way our culture goes. Um, tonight's message called, is called, What is Sasha Fierce? Now, coming in, anybody know uh, from me with Sasha Fierce? Anybody heard that? Yeah? Shannon Tuggle? Anybody else? You know who Sasha Fierce is? Yeah? Anybody else? Guys out here you know Sasha Fierce? Okay, l- l- let me show you something. Actually, stop right there. Doesn't that look just like Matt Betts? It distracts me when we worship. It looks like Matt Betts standing out in the field. Uh, anyway, next slide. Uh, let's go on. <laughs> yeah, but Beyonce is one of the largest uh, megastars on the planet. Uh, she's a singer. Uh, a lot of you probably like her music. Your daughters probably do. Uh, she sings a lot of dance music, a lot of just uh, pop songs. Uh, there's Nothing so much sinister or evil about her music, I'll say that. Uh, this, I believe, is her second album. It's called I Am Sasha Fierce, and that's kind of interesting that she titled her album that. Now, just look at this image first. This was the front of the album. Uh, this is Beyonce. Uh, what do you see? Yeah, honestly, she has a cross around her wrist there, and that is intentional, understand. Uh, she has a cross around her wrist there. What else do you see? Just look at that. Well, what do you see? It's truly one of the most gorgeous faces on the planet. I mean, other than my wife, of course. Uh, uh, but Beyonce is absolutely beautiful, just beautiful, and, and very, very talented by nearly everybody's uh, account. She's a very talented and, and beautiful young woman, and again, one of the largest uh, pop stars on the planet. Now, this is the back of that album. Let's go ahead and look at the next slide. This is the back. This is Beyonce. Actually, this is Sasha Fierce. Beyonce is very open in talking about the fact that she is possessed by a a, a spirit, an evil spirit. I think she would call her evil. Her name is Sasha Fierce. She says that Sasha Fierce comes into her sometimes before she performs. That she wouldn't really want to perform without Sasha Fierce performing through her. That when she is Sasha Fierce, she does things that she doesn't always remember. She says that she does things that when she goes back and watches videos, she, she can't even imagine herself doing. Sometimes the dance moves that she does, she says she probably wouldn't do if it weren't for Sasha Fierce. She says that her performances sometimes are, are almost like out-of-body experiences or the kind of thing where once it's over, you don't even remember having been there. Now, I'm not just saying that. You know, when I was a kid, our youth pastor used to play the records backwards and scare us all to death with the devil and, and all of that. And I'm not so much doing that. This isn't something hidden. You don't have to play the record backwards. I remind you, this is the cover of the album. 
again, I remind you, the first picture was Beyonce herself with the cross around her wrist, and this, this is the back. Now, I'm not reading something into it. This is what she would want you to know, that her hands are on her head because her hands are supposed to represent horns. Yeah, understand? She's not just holding her hair back. Uh, she's making horns with her hands. When she's Sasha Fierce, uh, she wears the very, very heavy eye makeup. She was Sasha Fierce uh, at the uh, halftime show of the Super Bowl, if you happen to watch that. Uh, it was a really uh, odd and interesting kind of show, but one of the things that Beyonce's people insisted on was after the Super Bowl was over that they pulled a lot of the photographs of her performance that night. Y'all know why? Because her face in that entire Super Bowl show was so ugly. Most beautiful men on the planet, but her face was so ugly because she literally snarred and sneered like an animal. Strange. But, but the stranger part is how frequently and openly she talks about this. One time she said she tried to kill Sasha Fierce. In other words, she tried to drive Sasha away from her. But Sasha uh, comes to Beyonce, and Beyonce continues to let her in. Now, again, this is popular culture. This is perhaps a CD that you've listened to or maybe you, you, your kids have and honestly the songs aren't really I mean she's not singing Highway to Hell people I mean she's just not uh, she sings actually songs that are, you hear on the radio all the time and you don't think much about I mean all the single ladies disc two song number one I mean, if you want it then you got to put a ring on it I mean but she also says that that's one of the songs that Sasha was singing I don't even know what to tell you about that, other than it's not just Beyonce. Uh, Lady Gaga says that she has a spirit in her. Nicki Minaj has like all kinds of people in her. She has a, a demon that, that she calls Roman Polanski. And then Roman's mother moved in. I'm, I'm not making this up. Nicki Minaj says that a, a, a homosexual man named Roman Polanski lives inside of her along with his mother who speaks with a British accent. So sometimes on Nicki Minaj's albums, you'll hear a, a woman talking in British, and she says that that's actually Roman's mother coming out of her. I mean, these aren't like small people. These are megastars. Even a rapper like Eminem, he said that he had a spirit named Slim Shady that lived inside of him. Slim Shady, I mean, that's what he named his album, but, you know, he said that was a, a spirit, a, a kind of a, a dark, evil man that, that would take over him. This is our, our, our popular culture. These are the artists that, uh, that you see on Good Morning America, people. What does it even mean? First off, do, do you believe it? I mean, is Beyonce really possessed or is this just show business? Because I'll tell you, there's a part of me that says this is just show business. I mean, celebrities are obsessed with one thing, and what is it? They just need to be famous, and not just for 15 minutes. They want to hang on to fame for as long as they can. And when their fame starts slipping away, they'll do anything, anything to get it back. Beyonce has a tremendous financial investment in herself, and other people do as well. And she needs to stay interesting. She needs to be interesting so people will talk about her, so that people will invite her on their TV shows, so that people will buy her albums if for no other reason just to listen. I mean, she's got to stay interesting. So 
Is it, is it just show business? Or is it something darker? Is it something more real? What do you think? Last Sunday night, we talked about why people are drawn to horoscopes or why people are drawn to the occult. And we said there are two things, knowledge and power. People seek power, that they want power. And again, celebrities especially seek power. Go back to the first slide there, uh, Matt. Yeah, why does she hang the cross around her wrist? Why, why, why does she hang a cross around her wrist? Yeah, Ronnie. She says she prays before each performance. $80 million a year and says she prays. Yeah. Again, why the cross? This is an album cover. This is an accidental. It's not like, oh, I just happen to have a cross on my wrist. I mean, every single... Peace, every part, every hair on her head is carefully, carefully arranged for this album cover. The fact that the cross is perfectly turned so that you see that it's a cross. It's not accidental. She's using the symbol of the cross. Why? She, she thinks maybe it's her answer. Yeah? We would say it's the answer. Wears it as some sort of protection, maybe like superstition. Yeah. Yeah. Literally trying to have it both ways. Be one person for one audience and another for another audience. And again, in that point, it's just show business then. Just show business. But again, she's not the first... Uh, celebrities will use religious symbols like the cross. Uh, remember, uh, let's come on back. Let's come on back to Mamma and Papa here. Did y'all remember Madonna? Like back then, I was in college. Madonna was big, and Madonna used a lot of religious symbols, uh, down to the name Madonna. Did you understand? Uh, she used a lot of religious symbols. Celebrities will use religious symbols because of their power. They have power. There's power in the cross, and even the world re recognizes that. They will use the, the symbols of religion because they need power. They, they, they want power. I honestly do not know Beyonce's heart, and neither do you. I, I don't know her heart. I don't know if this is for show business. I, I don't know about Nicki Minaj. I worry about her. I, I, I really, really do. All that I know is whether or not she's serious, whether or not she's truly inviting demonic possession, she's at least imitating it. And I don't know if, I don't know if you can even imitate it without harm. She's probably in, in her own mind willing to make some sort of deal with the devil, so to speak, in order to get what she wants. And that's how the devil, like we said this morning, he always finds his way in so that you don't really necessarily know what you just let in and he will always sort of bait the trap for you with whatever it is that appeals to you and in her case it's fame it's fortune it's it's being a celebrity it's it's being interesting and the devil offers her that and that's probably all she wants she doesn't want to be evil she just wants to be bootylicious you understand that's not like a greek word i'm sorry <laughs> well that's that's <laughs> she's not <laughs> She's not thinking of, yeah, you all are just, uh, and, and your pastor just said bootylicious, I'm sorry. Uh, but all I'm saying is, she's not trying to be evil, you understand? She just wants to be attractive, sexy, bootylicious, famous. 
but I'm not sure that the devil lets you set terms like that. As I say, I'm, I'm not sure that you can play with the devil without eventually being burned. Uh, so uh, God help her soul. God help her soul. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12. Let's talk a bit about the devil. Let's, let's, let's defeat him. Let's do it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. We've read this passage together. It's a little bit confusing. It's a book of Revelation. It's symbolic language. Understand as we read that the woman here, the woman is a symbol first of Mary who gives birth to Jesus, her child. And then Mary then sort of becomes a picture of all of the people of God, the church. So as you follow the woman through Revelation chapter 12, understand that she starts out as Mary, then she becomes the church, all the people of God together. Uh, so, so listen, Revelation chapter 12. Pay close attention to how the devil is defeated because you're in this thing, all right? Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon seven heads and ten horns with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. What's that? Stop. What's that? The dragon. Who's the dragon? Yeah, it's always the devil. The, the, the dragon is the devil. It's Satan. What about when, he, uh, when he, uh, uh, his tail sweeps away a third of the stars in the sky and they're thrown to the earth? What's that? Can you guess? Yeah, this is sort of revelation, a way of describing the, the fall of, of Satan and how when he fell, he took with him a third, uh, it says in Revelation, a third of the angels with him. So this is, these are the fallen angels, just throwing that out to you. His tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky, threw them to the earth. Those are the demons. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. He's opposing Christ. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and, and was caught up to God and to his throne. Jesus was buried, uh, resurrected, and ascended back to God. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. And then there was war in heaven. Here we go. Michael and his angels fought against the dragons and his angels. And the dragon lost a battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And... They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with the flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against 
the rest of her children. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So who are the children of the woman? Yeah. All who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony of Jesus. So who are those people? Yeah, us. Yeah, that's us. So who has the dragon declared war against? Us. Yeah, yeah. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. If there's a war and you're in it, then it's important to know your enemy. So let's do a quiz. You ready? True or false? Uh, this is about the devil. So, so let's see uh, how much you know. Uh, true or false? The evil one is known by several different names in the Bible. True or false? Okay, can you name some of them? I, I gave you one this morning. Now, Beelzebub, what's that mean? Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. Isn't that bizarre and, and amazing kind of picture, the Lord of the Flies? What other names is he called? Lucifer, we'll talk about that in a minute. Lucifer means morning star. Yeah, Lucifer means morning star. He's called Lucifer. What else? Satan, the devil, what else? Father of lies. I couldn't see who's we're moving. Father of lies. Jesus calls him the, the father of lies. Absolutely, he's called by several different names in the Bible. The serpent, the murderer, father of lies, the thief. Number two, the Bible never describes Satan as a being Red with a tail, horns, and a pitchfork. Does the Bible ever describe them that way? Red, horns, pitchfork? Yeah, no, no. The, the Bible doesn't do that. That, that is true. Uh, he can take several different forms. And in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says he can masquerade as an angel of light. Yeah, so he's never going to come at you with horns, pitchfork. He's going to come to you as an angel of light. But usually Ephesians chapter 6, he is usually more of an invisible force. He's spiritual. Remember, a spiritual creature, not physical. So most of the time we encounter him as more of an invisible force in our lives. Number three, think about this one. True or false, Satan knows and fears God. True? He knows God. Of course he knows God. God made him, and he has been in heaven with God, serving him as his angel, Lucifer. Yeah. But fears God? Satan fear God? Satan's pretty mean. But what's the Bible say? How, how do you know? Is there a Bible verse that lets us know that he fears God? It says, even the demons... Yeah, fear and tremble. Yeah, absolutely. He, he believes, he shudders. Absolutely, he knows and fears God. True or false, Satan can't bother you once you become a Christian. It's been that kind of week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, the devil will, will, will continue. Actually, as a matter of fact, I would say he doesn't really go for you until until you become a Christian. Once you take the name of Jesus, then you officially step into that war and you are on the opposite side. And at that point, Satan becomes your enemy. Uh, so very, very truly, once you become a Christian, you may at that point really begin to encounter uh, the, the warfare that the devil will throw your way. Number five, uh, true or false, the devil is a wicked counterpart to God with unlimited power to do evil. A wicked counterpart to God with unlimited power to do evil. Were you paying attention to the events of this past week? It almost seems like his power is unlimited. 
Can you believe that a 19, a 19-year-old kid who everybody says was a really decent regular guy, 19-year-old kid took a backpack with a bomb that he made, a backpack with a bomb, and set it down beside what an eight or nine-year-old boy blew him to bits. And then one night later went to a party. That's evil. That's evil. Are, are you following the story of the, the abortion doctor, the, the big trial that the, that the media isn't covering at all, but it's just, it's unbelievable. This, this abortion doctor who frequently had babies born alive, and he would take those babies. I, I mean, babies, it's just like the baby you held when yours was born. Take the baby and take a pair of scissors, stab it in the back of the neck, and snip its spinal cord. Not once, not twice, but over and over and over. How else do you kill a living baby? That's evil. We live in an almost unspeakably evil world. But it is not unlimited. You understand? It it still has its boundaries. And God is still on his throne. And while at the present moment the devil is cast down to earth and he has declared war on us and he despises the human race, he despises the image of God in us, he despises the image of God in a newborn baby and that's exactly why the devil would absolutely want to see one killed. You understand? He despises the image of God that we reflect and that is why, that is why he continues to come up against us in every single way. But it will not be this way forever. He's going to be defeated. We're going to come back to that. Number six, some people are on the devil's side. That's not the whole question, but you're right. Some people are on the devil's side, and it would be appropriate for us to hate them. Those bombers, how are you not going to hate them? These guys are evil. I said they're evil. That that abortion doctor who could take scissors, I mean, you're not going to hate him? Now, what's the Bible say about evil and how we, how we come up against evil? What's it say? Do not repay evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah, don't repay evil for evil. You overcome evil with good. We're going to love. We're going to love because love conquers all. That's what the Bible says. Last one, at the end of the world, when everybody finally sees the devil for what he is, and the Bible teaches that. We're going to get to that tonight. When everybody finally sees the devil for what he is, they will be terrified and impressed. I mean, they're going to drag him out of his hole at the very end, and you're going to look at him. We're going to see the devil, and everybody's going to be terrified and impressed. <gasps> True or false? Y'all aren't too sure about that, are you? Uh, we'll come to it. We'll, we'll come to it. Let's come back to this passage, and then we'll move on. Uh, Verse 11, I love this. It has come, Revelation chapter 12. It's come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses him before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they have defeated him. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. 
Now, Michael and his angels conquered the devil, conquered Satan in heaven, thrown down to earth. So now, who's going to conquer him on the earth? The Department of Homeland Security. Who's going to conquer the devil on earth? We are. We are. As in the people on your pew. Just look down that pew. It's a mighty army. Do you understand? We're going to do this. We're going to defeat him. Now, yes, we're going to do it through Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, Scripture says. It's not in us to do this, but because we belong to him, because of Jesus who died on the cross, because of his blood and the way his blood covers us, the way we have his righteousness, the way he gives his authority to us. You understand? We're going to defeat him. We're going to do it. You and me. We're going to defeat him how? By the blood of the Lamb and by... Word of our testimony. Oh, my goodness. You ever been to one of those Baptist testimony services that go on and on and on? I mean, I, I guess they could kill the devil because they nearly kill you sometimes. You know, just thinking, oh, my goodness. These have testimony service, and the same old man in our church would get up and tell his testimony. And I don't really remember all of it, except that right before he got saved, he would talk about blood pouring out his ear. And blood was pouring out of my ear. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. We're going to overcome the dragon, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. I mean, honestly, my testimony is not all that much. I mean, I, I wish my ears were bleeding or something. I, I mean, my testimony really doesn't have any, any drama or excitement. I can't say when I was six years old. No sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. I, I was just a church kid. That's my whole story, church kid. Went down, took Brother Phil's hand, and just said, I want to be saved. He, he prayed with me and showed me that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said, when it says whosoever, who's that mean? I said, that, that means me. He said, so if you call on the name of the Lord right now, will he save you? And I said, yes, he will. And we knelt at the altar at Bar Baptist Church, me and Brother Phil. And, and I prayed, and I don't remember the words I said. I just know that I wanted Jesus in my heart, something fierce. And oh, I'm 48 now, so that's 42 years ago. That's my story. Where's the power in that? It, it, it's my testimony, but it doesn't sound very exciting. You were there. Yeah, it, it's, it's about the power that, that comes from Christ. It's the way my life, the words of my testimony don't point to me. It's not about me, but, but they point to Jesus. Everything in my life, I pray, every day of my life should be pointing back to him. Our, our testimonies, our, our witness, our witness means what we can say, what we have to offer, what we have experienced of the power and the deliverance of salvation that comes from Christ. We are the living proof that Jesus is Savior of the world and, and Lord of all. We are that living proof. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I don't care if, if my testimony is very entertaining to you. Billy Graham uh, will probably never make it a movie. But I'm telling you, when I tell my testimony, all the demons in hell tremble and shudder. You understand? They tremble and shudder. Y'all know me, though. I, I just, I, I'm really not a fighter. Y'all know that. Every one of you in this house, y'all could whip me. And, and you know that. I'm scared of all of you. Uh, 
not just the men. We got tough women, man. You women, I'm not, I'm not messing with Pam Ham. I'd take Richie on before I'd take Pam Ham would tear you up, you know. Who would you rather take, on Dennis Smith or Rhonda? Man, I'd take Dennis, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. But I'm telling you, all of you could whip me, children involved. I mean, I'm just a guy that usually tries to avoid trouble. I'm not very aggressive. It's why I'm no good in sports. Uh, if you want the ball, you can just have it. I just, you know, it's just not worth fighting over. There's just not a lot in my life that's worth fighting over. I, I just don't care that much. It's not, it's not worth the fight, which is interesting because the Bible says that you and I, people like you and me, we're going to overcome the devil. We're going to do this. He's declared war on us, and, and we're the ones who are going to have to fight him. Now, it says that we're going to overcome him on the earth, which means, I mean, just break it on down. Before we can overcome him in the whole earth, that means we have to overcome him in this church. We have to overcome him in our lives. That means that even though you and I sometimes, we, we don't get mad about much, we don't really fight over much, and, and most of us are like that. That's just who we are. We do need some holy aggression when it comes to spiritual things. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter to the devil that we're kind people. That doesn't mean he's going to treat us with kindness. It just makes it easier for him to, to, to rob the lives of our kids. You understand? Because mom and dad are too lazy to get up and, and fight spiritually. I mean, we need a kind of holy aggression. I mean, we got to have the, the, kind of, uh, the, the kind of aggression to, to stand and, and fight spiritually, to take very seriously that we do have an enemy, the devil. And we need to be ready to draw some lines and say, you will not have this church. You may have a foothold in other places, but you will have no foothold in this church. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we got to stand. We will defeat him as long as we stand and fight. But if we don't stand and fight, then he wins. He wins. Not ultimately. But in our lives, he wins. And in this church, he wins. I mean, it's going to take people who are willing to stand and fight, who, who care about their kids. I mean, he may take other kids, but, but you're not going to take my kids. I mean, you've got to be willing to say that. I will fight for the spiritual life of my kids. I will fight for this church. I will fight for this community. I, I will fight the devil. I, I am going to stand against him. Because if we don't fight, you understand that he just rolls us. He rolls this. Mom, dad, if you're not really concerned about the spiritual life of your kids, understand the devil still comes after them. Just because you don't think about the devil doesn't mean he doesn't think about you. We overcome. We are the ones who overcome him on the earth by the blood of the lamb and by the, the word of our, our testimony. We do that, not even afraid to die, the scripture says. Not even afraid to die. I love that. We need that holy aggression. Devil, you are not going to occupy one inch of ground where we are standing. Absolutely. One last passage, and this is just one of my favorites. Isaiah chapter 14, and we'll close with this. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. This is an amazing passage, an amazing passage. This is the passage where... Lucifer is called Lucifer. In the New Living Translation, it'll be called Shining Star, but it's Lucifer. It's really interesting because it's in a larger passage. It's actually talking about the historical king of Babylon. So for a moment, we're talking about the king of Babylon and how he will be judged. But then the Bible, in an amazing kind of moment, pulls way back as if we were focused on this king and all of a sudden the, the, the picture zooms out and we see a much larger picture 
And suddenly we're talking about Lucifer. And this is the picture here. It's amazing. This is so good. Listen. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and will be like, say it, the most high. I will go to the highest heavens and I will be like the most high. Verse 15, instead... You will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Here's, here's, here's the good part. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one? Who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's great cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? I love that. I just love that. I, I love it. What was Lucifer's sin? What was the nature of his rebellion? What was his intention? Yeah, I, I'm going to be like God. What does he say? I, I'm, I'm going to make my throne the highest throne. I'm going to go to the highest place. I'm going to be the most high. And I will make myself, God, I will make myself equal to God. Now understand, he's described in a beautiful way, O shining star, son of the morning. Again, the word Lucifer means morning star. He was created as an angel of light. He must have been a beautiful, beautiful creature as God made and intended him to be. But he turned. And it was his pride that turned him. It was that desire not just to reflect God's glory, but to steal God's glory. It was that desire not just to fill the high place that God had created for him, but to take the highest place and to become God himself. That was his intention. But understand, he's a creature. He's a creature. It would be like my dog, Augie, trying to take over the house. You know, She's going down the driveway scooting to, to, to scratch her rear end. And she's going to take over my house. It's that sort of thing that the devil had no chance. He may have wanted to do this, but there's no way. He's not even close. He can't do this, but yet he, he turns. So verse 15, instead, instead of being the most high, where's he going to end up? Not the highest place, but... The lowest place. Instead, you'll be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths, the, the pit of hell. You understand? And I love this. Then everyone there, okay, we're going to be there, and this is just going to be kind of weird and awesome at the same time because we're going to look at the devil. They're going to drag him out of his hole, and we're going to look at him, and we're going to say what? you got to be kidding Oh, you got to be kidding. Can that even be the one? I mean, they're going to pull that little worm out of his hole, and you're going to go, oh, my goodness. You're kidding. That is the one? I, I wish that we could get that kind of image now. I wish we could sort of fast forward somehow and, and get that picture of, of this pathetic little creature that, that does not have the power that he claims. 
He does not have the power that he claims. He can't make you do anything. Do you understand? He doesn't have any power, only the power that you give him. His only real power is to lie, and therefore, if you believe his lies, and he has you where he wants you, but he has no real power. One of these days, you're going to look at him and think, oh my goodness, you're, you've got to be kidding. You, you, you've got to be kidding. It's an amazing promise. In the end of all things, the one who shook the earth, made the kingdoms of the world tremble, the one who nearly destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland. He will be completely defeated. You'll look on him and say, oh my goodness, can that even be the one? He has no power. He has no power. The only way he can destroy and demolish like he does is because we give him power. We give him way too much power. You and I are here to overcome and defeat him. So just stop giving him a single inch in your life. Don't, don't listen to his lies. Don't let him lull you into complacency. There's a battle going on here. And you're in it, whether you choose to participate or not. You're in this thing. Remember when we were kids and somebody would say, last one to the fence is a rotten egg. And then you'd say what? Because you're slow. Not included. Not included, as if you can just say, not included. Now you understand, if, if you're the last one to the fence, you're the rotten egg whether you thought you were included or not. And the devil has declared war on you. He, he's already declared war, so you're already included in this. You're a target. But you can defeat him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And if you will stand and fight, even if it costs you your life, you understand? He is a defeated enemy. Any final thoughts? Any questions? Anything? I'm so sorry. We shouldn't have had to look at Beyonce this entire time, Matt, but it's okay. You followed all my instructions. I never said next slide, did I? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's bring Matt Betts back. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so much better. I love you guys so much. It's been a glorious Lord's Day and, and, and a great day of worship. Thanks to all those who have, who have pitched in and helped lead worship today. Tom and all the students this morning, uh, what, what, a, what a privilege to come and, and serve God with you every single Sunday. Let's stand together and have a word of prayer. Rick Strait, will you dismiss us with prayer tonight? Rick Strait may have sold his house uh, so we can all maybe praise the Lord. I don't know. It's a mixed thing. Uh, but we know it's an answer to prayer. We thank God for that. But we, this is not your final Sunday yet. Okay. Maybe 30 more days. Well, brother, will you, will you bless us tonight with, with a good benediction as we close?